Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. The FBI conducted as many as three to four million searches of data in the United States without a warrant during just the year 2021, according to a new report. Wow. 320 million Americans. So... One million searches would be one for every 320 people. So this is this is kind of a weird one because uh, it is possible for law enforcement to do warrantless searches under what is it? Uh, I want to say extravagant uh, ex- exigent circumstances. Ex- exigent circumstances. Yeah, that's right. That's You're talking about like searching a house or something if, for a murderer who's yeah, on the run. If somebody they're chasing, uh, like a murderer, runs yeah. through your house, breaks into your house, closes the door and locks it somehow. Yeah, uh, they can break in. They and, can say, "We saw him go in yep. there." And then, yep, yeah, and and do it. That's so, not what we're talking about in this particular case. I know. <laughs> I uh, could have guessed that much. The <laughs> annual statistical transparency report published by the offer, uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence Thursday focuses on the intelligence community's use of national security authorities for the surveillance under for surveillance under U.S. law. The information was previously gathered by the NSA, the U.S. Military Signal Intelligence Agency but was transferred to the civilian-led FBI per the USA Freedom Act passed in 2015. <laughs> wow. It amazes me they have the balls to name one of their acts the Freedom U- Act. Freedom yeah. Act. At a press briefing in Washington Friday, FBI official admitted that, quote, 3.4 million is certainly a large number. I'm not going to pretend that it isn't, unquote. However, other officials have admitted the data pertaining to U.S. citizens is likely lower than this figure, which also covers all data originating in the U.S. searched by the FBI under law. The report did not suggest that any of the searches, including those pertaining to U.S. citizens, was illegal. So it's just all totally legitimate, according right. to the government. Authority, so-called, for the FBI's activity was cited as drawing from Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which was passed during the Cold War in 1978, authorizes collection of private data by, quote, non-U.S. persons, unquote. Now, the FISA court is what they used to spy on Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They lied to the FISA court to get warrants. Uh, FISA, I think, is also the ones that have been approving over the last two decades the various different national security letters that have been going out mm-hmm. threatening people into silence, um, that they can't say that they're even being searched or investigated or else they'll be punished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, you know, I, I've noticed there seems to be a pattern with the FBI lying to get warrants here. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, they love to lie. Yeah. And there's no penalty for it. Yeah. Th- there isn't. There really right. isn't. Uh, though their communications with U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents may be accessed as well. So, again, they're authorized to collect data from non-U.S. persons. So, nobody, you uh, have been following this disinformation board. Now, we did talk about this, I think, maybe it was Wednesday night. It has been covered to some some extent here, but we didn't get into the the person who's been named to head this thing up. Big Nanny. Yeah. Okay, so is this a U.S. or is this Canadian? This is the US. United States. Uh, now, according to various different news sites, they're claiming that this is... All the news, that's sort of the mainstream news around this, is acting like this has to do with the border. This has to huh? do with the southern border. They talk about, uh, here in this story from Huffington Post, they're going to begin focusing on misinformation aimed at migrants. 
But then later they admit that it's going to also prepare for Russian disinformation threats as the midterm elections near. Which is anything that the Democrats don't like. Yeah, they can just call it yeah. Russian. Uh, and then, so this is something that was just announced. They are calling it the Disinformation Governance Board, and they've announced that a so-called disinformation expert, Ms. Nina Jankowitz, who claims to have researched Russian misinformation tactics and online harassment, uh, she will be heading up this board, which many are now calling the Ministry of Truth, nobody. And what is that a reference to? Uh, 1984. They've been doing relatively well with the cooperation of big tech in suppressing the ideas they don't like. Um, but this, I think, will bring it to a whole nother a new level. level where, you know, you're going to see people having their doors kicked in because they believe the wrong things. I mean, you know, this this just goes... It, Every time these stories come up, the only thing I can think of is decentralization. This is the whole reason we need decentralization. Uh, mm-hmm. We need things like Mastodon to replace things like Twitter. Mm-hmm. We need you know alternatives to uh, Facebook. Uh, we need alternatives to uh, Telegram and I don't know what what is it, WhatsApp. I guess I'm trying to think of some of these other That's Facebook's Mac, yeah, Mac chatting that right um, because ultimately all of these platforms are banning, shadow banning, censoring people. Um, they're doing all sorts of things to manipulate us, and then we end up in these. And unfortunately, we end up in these, you know, echo chambers too. And it, it's not good for for anybody, um, you know. And it's it's kind of interesting because the both like libertarians, conservatives, and socialists have all been migrating to Mastodon, uh, you know, at, at least as of I think this week. With um, what was the, what, the, what was the other story you brought in? Uh, you talking about Elon Musk? Yeah, with Twitter? the Elon uh, Musk story. Yeah, I suspect there are some people on the left. Who who are leaving Twitter, at least they're claiming they're going to leave Twitter. We shared a story uh, that revealed that Facebook was tied in with the the Trump administration at the very beginning of 2020, and they had an agreement where Facebook was giving the government millions of dollars in free advertising to promote the CDC's positions on whatever, in this case it it ended up being COVID-19, Mm-hmm. And they were just handing them all of this, uh, you know, free advertising money that they could just use to uh, to pimp their propaganda. And so. just about everything the government said was a lie. Yep. And then, of course, subsequent to that, Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all these other centralized platforms were being utilized by the state. Whether we're talking about Trump or Biden doesn't matter. It was the CDC still the same, right? Like the, the Fauci, we pointed out mm-hmm. the other night, he's been in that position since 1984. Wow. So, wow. I mean, he's... My whole it, life. <laughs> yeah. You can change out all of the, the presidents, but you don't change the bureaucrats hardly ever. And so they went to Facebook and Twitter and these, uh, as you mentioned, centralized platforms, mm. uh, Chris, and, the, and they were all doing the government's bidding and they started labeling anything that wasn't in line with the state. Google, of course, with YouTube doing yep. the exact same thing. Yeah, Google was interesting because they, they supposedly did it for even U.S. outlets. Apparently, somebody on some other server entirely can send a report to our admins and complain about what one of our users is doing, which I wish we could just turn that off entirely, but it is there, and we uh, you know, ignored that report. <laughs> what did they yeah. say? What was the speech complained about? Oh, I'd, I'd have to pull it up. I, uh, I don't have it in front of me. It didn't seem like anything worth our time to really 
be concerned with. So I just thought it was interesting. I didn't realize that, uh, that that was a thing where somebody else who wasn't even part of your user base, just somebody on this, the Fediverse didn't like something that somebody on our server said. So they, so we got the report about that. Well, that's it's always been that way. It's, I mean, back in the day, I don't know if people still monitor it, but for any internet site, you could send a uh, an email to abuse at mm-hmm. whatever dot com, yep. yeah. and it would go to the uh, to whoever administered that site to look into it, and it was useful for some things if there is a spammer. You know, it was it was useful to be able to report that, and some people would remove them or or find yeah, a way to stop them. Yeah, I feel like it's 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 kind of a futile it's a futile, uh, especially with the I don't I don't, I, I hate to say this, but modern internet uh, that that system mm. I don't think really works. The United States is certainly not a freedom-loving place in a <laughs> no. lot of ways, and that's one of the reasons why we need to get out of it as quickly as possible via secession, peaceful secession. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 funny how we've all been I feel like we've all been brainwashed in, you know, government schools about, you know, America being like free and it's like mm-hmm. not so. Yeah, if you start listening like to what people are saying, it certainly doesn't sound free, doesn't look free. Um it when you're asking for more censorship than what China is already implementing on a Chinese controlled platform, like really? Like like yeah. you, you really are calling you're going to call America free? I don't know. So you were talking about, Chris, getting people to get off of those centralized platforms and start adopting newer technology that in many cases isn't that new. It's been around. Mastodon's been around for more than half a decade, I think, at this point. Yeah, it actually it existed uh, prior under a different name. I think it was Identica.ca or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's been around a while, but it's definitely uh, increased, I think, and expanded in terms of its user base and its popularity in recent years. Um, there's just, it's just, it's, I mean, you've seen, you've seen the conservatives kind of jump on board. You've seen the libertarians. Like Gab, for instance. You've seen the libertarians jump on board. And truth. Right. Is it the AGPL license? I'm trying to think what the license actually is. Is it, or is it just GPL? Because GPL. GPL and LGPL. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, the reason I'm, I'm thinking is because if it's under the GPL license, it wouldn't require you just because you're using the code to release code. That's why I'm, I'm thinking it must not be the GPL. Um, yeah, you've got a point there. Uh, well, doesn't the GPL3 change that? No. The one that Linus Trovold said flew in the face of everything? That no, they... no, it doesn't. Okay. Um, it doesn't. Uh, it does have, it does actually have a component in there that was like, it, it, it allows you to kind of like change the terms and it, it potentially do so in a way that's like against the user's interest, which is really weird. Mm. Um, I don't know, um, I, that, but that wasn't the reason that Linus was, you know, you know, yeah. against it or anything. I like actually that. modified the terms of the uh, of the. I didn't use GPL. I used the. Uh, um, I think I used the Perl license. Um, I think we're getting a little too into yeah, yeah, definitely license, getting too into but, this. <laughs> so basically, I put language in it that said if if you make if if your organization is primarily based on theft, including taxation, you are not authorized to use the software. Which is kind of funny because it's I, I don't know this for sure, but it's probably a copyright violation to modify the terms because the copy the actual um, the actual license is not under. The, the same license effectively that's distributed they copyrighted yeah, let them a license me. well yeah i mean I, I, that's confusing 
I just was calling to uh, talk about a book I got in the from Amazon. It's called Mastering book, Bitcoin by Andreas Antonopoulos, second edition. Good book. I've read it. friends with Andreas, uh, but it's a really good book, and I recommend it to anybody who's a technical person who wants to know how to, Bitcoin works under the hood. It's very detailed and very well written. Oh, it's a technical book. That's interesting because yeah. uh, whenever I think of Andreas Antonopoulos, I think of a guy who can communicate like complex ideas in simple terms and i don't think oh, yes. of him as well, a technical I mean, writer is, and yeah. well he is a very good technical writer and he oh. covers the elliptic curve digital signature algorithm uh key recovery of hierarchical determination okay. uh, hd so would you say this is a book for math uh, mathematicians to read mathematicians yeah. and computer programmers okay. definitely <laughs> yeah definitely gotcha. <laughs> yeah but so how does it feel that be down to the crypto too uh, somebody asked me what happened to colleen did, did she just drop out or did they dismiss all the charges or what what happened uh, the there? charges have been dismissed against colleen and i don't know all the details as far as why that happened so you know you all know, right well that's hopefully that's good news you know what's good news for her you know what's more interesting um is that they ha- at least i don't know if they can add people to it at this point Somewhere in Shanghai, this is what it might sound like tonight. Uh, This was recorded some number of nights ago, but we've seen more than one. And apparently the woman in that particular scream says, Give me back my freedom. That's the translation. As she's screaming out the window. This is video of uh, just nighttime. It's nighttime in Shanghai. There's a tremendous clatter of noise coming because people are banging on pots and pans. Since this video has come out, we've seen some footage of people actually going into the streets. So not everyone is staying inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been actually some have gone into the streets and have had, uh, you know, clashes with the police there. If only they had guns. <laughs> yeah, this is this is why America must never, ever give up give up its firearms well of course many americans voluntarily went indoors into their own homes in this case uh many of the chinese did as well uh, because they've been trained over generations to be obedient to the state but once the food starts running low people are going to change their behavior people are going to be more likely to take some risks that they otherwise wouldn't take and and so I just wanted to kind of talk about what's been going on because we did do a lengthy show on a Saturday night a couple of weeks ago where we got into like a lot of posts and information from people who are actually in Shanghai have been writing about it, uh, about how the government delivers food on a scheduled basis once a day, supposedly only one or two people from each apartment building are authorized to go and actually pick up the food. Then they have to deliver it to the rest of the apartment building, all while wearing full body suits, of course. I can't figure out what the hell the government is trying to do there. Is it just some sadistic experiment to see how much people will take? Well, I mean, that's basically what the last two years have been everywhere, and they're just going further than anywhere else. They have what they call a quote-unquote zero COVID policy. Wow. So their goal is to have no COVID cases amongst the general population and to take all COVID cases and put them into quarantine centers, of which they have built many. I mean, at what cost, though? Well, I think just to provide the proper um, motivation, they should 
you know, whack a couple of dozen government officials for every day that COVID continues to exist. I mean, didn't, doesn't, or <laughs> I'm trying to think, does, does China still have, no, it doesn't have its uh, one child policy. It's like, I'm just thinking, mm. like, aren't they trying to kill off their population because it's growing too fast? Well, there's Not, definitely people that are jumping off of buildings. Uh, yeah. And killing themselves yeah, um, because of this. It, you know, it, there is, there is a fundamental cost when you prevent uh, emergency services from getting to people and you shut down to the degree that China is shutting down, you're going to have, probably increased deaths even if it's not from covid speaking of emergency mm-hmm. services being prevented from getting to people uh have you guys seen the footage of the huge gates metal graded gates that have been put up around apartment buildings and this just goes to to demonstrate i think how similar really you know governments are around the world it's mm, sure i mean yes mm-hmm. it may be to a different degree in china in degrees. but they're using the same tactics uh and it's hurting people well, their char- their their behavior is always characterized by a depraved indifference toward human life. Yep, you sounds know? about right. When, and and people go along with it. I mean, somebody was arguing about whether January six was worse than the <laughs> Monica Lewinsky uh, uh, scandal, and and I popped in and i said well you know you're talking about taking an unauthorized tour of a building versus a consensual blowjob do you (laughs) happen to remember that the united states murdered a million people in iraq for nothing oh five hundred thousand kids dying was totally worth it yeah (laughs) yeah actually they probably killed well over a million over the years sure Don Wyland is a writer for The Economist, and I didn't think I would see this article there because generally The Economist is considered sort of part of the system. Uh, But he writes from Shanghai. He says, I never imagined living through history could be this boring. At the end of March, the Chinese government responded to an outbreak of the Omicron variant in Shanghai by embarking on the largest... And Omicron is the one who kills nobody... As you might imagine, as we predicted back in 2020, the number of suicides in the United States, we predicted we're going to go up because people are oh, yeah. social animals and they want to be with people and keeping them away from people is going to drive them crazy. Yeah. And so, and, and I, you know, and it's interesting because I, I originally thought like there's no way that we could stay locked down sort of, I mean, and I guess we didn't really, but not here in Keene. Yeah. We were partying. But yeah. <laughs> to some degree, you know, a lot of places did stay locked down. And one of the things that the first thing I think I think of is, you know, in such a situation, well, how long can you really stay locked down for? Right. People are not going to be able to stay locked down for, you know, really long periods of time. Yeah, this is a, um, this is the longest right now as far as a citywide yeah, lockdown is concerned, yeah. because in most places, lockdown still meant you could go grocery shopping. Right, right. right. Uh, I, I mean, mm-hmm. here in, like you pointed out, here in Keene, we went out and we threw a party the first night they had the stay-at-home <laughs> order, and then we went, we had them every single yeah, week it, after that. New Hampshire was interesting because even during like a two-month period where we were locked down in quotes, it was every, like almost every single business was part of a list of exemption, exempted businesses. There were also a ton of loopholes in the quote-unquote yeah. stay-at-home order. In fact, that's why they didn't even call it a lockdown. It was called stay-at-home and that was it. Right. right so it's right. more of a recommendation than, than anything else. Across Chinese social media, this is from the uh, Economist story about a guy who lives in Shanghai. He's been there for the last two months. 
He says, the story of the lockdown has been typed out in a kind of disappearing digital ink. People take to their phones and computers to rant about food shortages or medical disasters or to post footage of large protests only to see their complaints scrubbed from the Internet by China's army of censors. Hmm. For a time, the word Shanghai became unsearchable, as if the Communist Party was pretending the city didn't exist as long as it was rife with COVID. It's an uncity. The the loudest protests have found new life in memes and cryptic slogans before being washed away in another wave of, quote, harmonization. It doesn't mean anything unless government officials die is is what I'm really starting to think about this. You, You have to make them hurt. Or or you haven't done anything. I uh, I understand where you're coming from. I of course don't think violence is uh, is the solution, but certainly well, violence mass- is the is the problem. Yeah, and there's no is. way to answer this violence except with violence. I disagree. I think that uh, I, I think that mass civil disobedience, mass non cooperation, mass civil disobedience will bring mass beatings unless you defend yourself from those beatings with violence. As far as the last hoorah you guys were having, I think I got to agree with Chris. The ancestry that survived before us ran toward the sound of the guns. If you run away from them, you're just going to be slaughtered and captured and your children and wives sold into captivity. That's the way history runs. You said you agree with Chris. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you were saying you agree with nobody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was the one oh, having a nobody? fit. All right. Wrong voice. <laughs> I, I was a little bit, I was a little bit uh, more, uh, <laughs> uh, not sure he that's the best strategy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing, it's, you know, just because you have a moral, mm, you know, it's it, you're, you're in the morally correct uh, position doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's the it's it's the best solution, um, but mm. at the same time, it, this is one of these situations where it's like I'm not sure that it's gonna help the situation. But at the same time, it's hard to argue somebody who's going to kill themselves not to take out others mm. who are the oppressor. Committing, yeah, I, others who are oppressing them. I don't see any others, other end game. Uh, what else, Major? Well, what else you want to say? Well, as far as far as the Chinese go, you you guys or Taiwan or Shanghai and whatnot. Shanghai, ancient, was a, a word for, like, if you'd got snatched and thrown onto a vessel. That's right. Been Shanghai. Yeah. Been Shanghai. Yeah. No. <laughs> An online shopping lingo, the organizer of a group buying circle is called a tuanzang. The word has taken on a new meaning among chi- uh, Chinese netizens after an anecdote about Shanghai's top Communist Party chief, Li Kang, was shared online. Speaking to locals during the lockdown, the politician was allegedly confused about group buying and wondered aloud what a Zhuangzang did. The term is now used in a tongue-in-cheek way to mock how out of touch the Communist Party is with regular folks. Chinese state media has heralded the Shanghai lockdown as trailblazing. It often marvels at the technological wonders of drones and robotic dogs that blast messages over loudspeakers to the city's captives. As officials congratulated themselves on their handling of the response, a video shared online showed a drone telling residents to, quote, suppress your soul's urges for freedom. Did you guys see that one? Yeah. Uh... And we can't understand it because it's in, chi- in Chinese, but that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they had subtitles. Where Chinese that thing was, is Greek to me. That thing was flying around. Uh, but then this was at the time when people were shouting out their windows yep. and were very, very upset. 
But public anger at the government seems to be mounting. Videos circulating online showed elderly time. showed elderly people behind gates begging for food. Men in goggles and white hazmat suits are seen beating people who have not complied with the rules. Some people now refer to these lockdown enforcers as biowebing or white guards, a play on the red guards who terrorized China during the Cultural Revolution in the 1960s. And he says that uh, when the lockdown was announced, millions of people had just hours to prepare. It was launched without considering how the elderly or disabled would pass the weeks in isolation, or cancer and diabetes patients would receive life-saving medication and treatment, or how long it would take pregnant women to get to the hospital. Tens of thousands of businesses were closed without thinking about how employees would get through the month without a paycheck, or how company owners could pay the rent. Countless residents struggled to find basic provisions, such as cabbage and pork loins, rotted on the shelves. Uh, Fewer were still prepared to be carted off to the mass quarantine facilities that are masquerading as hospitals. Many people have died as a result of not being able to access medical treatment for conditions other than COVID. But avoiding COVID deaths has been the only thing that mattered to officials. And you guys were speculating on that in the last hour. And that's absolutely the case. Yeah. If you don't die of COVID... It's okay. Yeah, there was early, a couple weeks ago, when we talked about Shanghai in detail at that time, there were video clips of, there was one guy, an elderly man, lying outside his apartment complex. They hadn't put up the gates yet, right? The mm. gates came in the last last week or so. They had tried to take him to different hospitals where he was refused. They would not let this man in. I don't know what his condition was, but it wasn't good. He was laying down. He could not yeah, get up. This happened in the United States, actually, too. Sarah identifies as a communist, and so, Sarah, you've been listening, uh, I know normally you don't listen to the show, but you've been on hold at least for the last uh, 15 minutes or so as we've been discussing the lockdown in Shanghai, and I just want to see if if you're on board, if you think the Shanghai government is doing the right thing. Communism at work. Well, I don't know, I guess they're doing the best they can. I, I don't know if it's just because it's uh, the communist-ism. Uh, I don't think, um, you know, like we're not doing so well right now either. And there's, there, we've been through a great depression, a lot of bad economic under capitalism. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, when did we have free markets? Well. When exactly was what? that? Yeah. Was you it know, when uh, FDR what? stole all the gold? Was that a free market? Mm. You know, 70% yeah, tax yeah. rates? Was that free market? I do not understand what you're talking about. But, she can't uh, even fathom what a free market is. She does not understand the words coming out of your mouth. Well, I, I, don't, I really don't think they're just, it's not about communism. It's They're just dealing with a coronavirus the best the way they can. And I'm sure they're going through. How is locking up right sick, sick people the best you can do? You know, not that these people even seem to be particularly sick. They're sick of being locked up. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's a cold. Why not just let people catch a cold and then get better? You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.